This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Hello and welcome to another edition of NFL Friday. This week 13 edition, I'm Christian O'Hara alongside Matthew Crow. Matt, how you doing today on this Friday afternoon? I'm pumped up today. I'm loving it, Christian. I'm loving that you're jacked up. We got a, a great slate of football coming up. I'm excited. Absolutely. Giants, Jets, it doesn't get any better than this. We are just going to have a heck of a show today. Um, let's get into the game last night, though, because Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. That guy just things on the football field that you just you just have no explanation for. Am I right, Matt? Oh, man, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, throwing that ball 65-plus yards in the air. Got to be 70. Got to be at least 70, right? I mean, finding your brother. Are they brothers? Oh, right? I don't know, man. They might as well be blood, blood brothers after that. <laughs> Same last name. Richard Rodgers in the end zone for Woo! that. For that big time they're, touchdown, they're cowboys. So you know, not cowboys, cowboys. You know, shout out to Lil Wayne on that <laughs> metaphor. But anyway, um, no, but but you know, all seriousness, great game last night. Um, you know, I thought the Lions had it. I thought the Lions really. You know, they went up twenty to nothing. Um, I know uh, offensive coordinator for Detroit, Jim Bob Cooter. Um, you know, he was calling a hell of a game. Uh, there early on, he called a hell of a game against the uh, Eagles on Thanksgiving. He had to, you know, he seemed to have an offensive rhythm, and, and I liked a lot of his play calls when I was watching the game. And I didn't think the Packers had an answer. And I watched the Packers' offense in the first half, Matt, and I'm like, what is going on? Oh, I mean, it it, it was ridiculous. Like, I mean, you, you you kind of expected it. This Lions team, um, obviously did very well at Lambeau, and I think that 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 kind of caused them to play very well in this situation. Um, obviously. Up 17 nothing at the half, up 20 nothing in the third quarter. It was uh, kind of a big big uh, lead and something that you didn't expect the Lions to kind of uh, give up. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you, when, you, when you take that into consideration, Matt, that it was such a big lead, um, you, you know, you, you really didn't think the Lions would blow it, especially at home. Maybe, you know, in Lambeau, a place right. that historically struggled yep. until they got that win, uh, you know, earlier this season. It was just a couple weeks ago that they, that they got that win. They hadn't got that win since I believe it was the 92 season, 91 uh, something like that. So, you know, back in the days of Barry Sanders, the Lions hadn't gone into Lambeau Field and, you know, won, won a contest in there. And so you take that into consideration, they really blew a game last night at home in which they should have won. Um, but you know what? Credit to the Packers, although they were helped by, by, by that face mask that was called. And, and granted, you know what? I'm going to give the officials some slack. Watching it live, it looked like a face mask. Obviously, Absolutely. we have the benefit of replay. Yeah. And I but mean, it in, really sl- in, in slow mo, you see there was right, no grab right. and twist, Agreed. which there was is no part of the rule. However, you know, it, at that speed, especially with Rodgers in the right. backfield, uh-huh. you see him get slapped across the face mask. You see the helmet move. Right. I mean, they're going to call that ten times out of ten. One hundred percent. You know, I was actually watching something on uh, NFL Network today. You know, Dean Blandino, vice president yep. of um, you know NFL officials, was saying that look, it's because that the the hand is up near the the cage area of the face mask, and his head turns. And so, you know, as I'm doing the motion here, you know, you can see why, especially the the head linesman who didn't have the best angle at it, saw his head turn. He probably didn't see where the hand was placed. And it was on the, you know, inner part of the shoulder pad here. It wasn't a face mask. Let's just, you know, put that out there. But I can understand why the call was made. And if you're the Lions, you still have to stop the Hail Mary on the last play. Oh, absolutely. And I think that what what was ridiculous, uh, Caldwell came out after the game and said, we were looking for a lateral play. Jim. 
Wh- Go ahead. I'm sorry, man. This like this is Aaron Rodgers. The dude can throw the ball. They're not gonna try and go for a lateral and 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 a prayer like that. They're just gonna throw something up and hope someone comes down with it. He threw an absolute seed to the end zone. Oh, There's was... no other way to describe that ball. I I saw a video on Instagram from the side angle of it. So so on on the broadcast, you know, you get that one angle. You only see the ball coming down. I saw a video on Instagram. That ball is tremendously close to hitting the top of the roof. The oh, rafters, I don't doubt it. The rafters. That ball was so high in the air that Richard Rodgers had to locate it. Richard Rodgers had played high school basketball, locate it, and almost grab it like a rebound. And so when you take that into consideration, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, most of these quarterbacks, I don't know necessarily they can make that throw that Rodgers made last night, but Rodgers is one of the guys that can make those type of throws. And when you take that into consideration, what are you doing looking for laterals? Aaron's just going to heave it up. It's the last play of the game. Right. And, and they had tried that to play before the laterals. Right. And, and and you got Rodgers there, and the dude is like three yards outside right. of the end zone. Right. Everyone else is in the back of the end zone, and he just tracked it. I mean, he saw the ball, and he just went up and got it, and no one in front of him, no one really near no, him. No, nobody. And he, he really had a clean shot at that ball. And, you know, the first time he got hit, he mm-hmm. already had the ball, and it was from the back. Matt, you're 100% right. I'm watching Richard Rodgers on the replays. I'm amazed at how nobody picks him up. And he's literally just backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling into the end zone. You know, no one's even attempting to get in his way. He just, you know, goes up, loc- locates it at the apex, catches it, and, and that's the game. Absolutely. And after the game, you know, Rodgers' post-game interview, he said, you know, Saturday we practiced that play. Right. Him, him and Rodgers. I, I believe that Rodgers might have said they went two of three on that play. Really? So, you know, you, that's, they, that's crazy. they so were— three of four. They, they, <laughs> exactly. They were ready for it. Um, and, you know, it worked out for them. Absolutely incredible finish. Definitely the best finish we've seen in the oh. NFL since the Super Bowl. Absolutely. You know, 100% agree. That was definitely the, the finish of the year, um, without a doubt. Um, you know, besides, uh, well, last year, you know, obviously it was the Malcolm Butler play. Um, but this year, I think for sure that is the, the finish of the year. Um, and look, I, I remember, I you know, I read something that Mike McCarthy was was referencing the fail Mary when they went up to Seattle and got screwed on yeah. that call. He goes, well, at least our guy actually caught it this time. So you <laughs> I know, saw that too. shout out to Mike McCarthy. He <laughs> likes extra salt with his fries. Little troll, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, taking taking all this into consideration, Matt. You know, just kind of looking ahead, Green Bay was dangerously close to falling to seven and five last night. Now they're eight and four. Do you think they can get back into this NFC North, you know, kind of picture? You know. I I think that they could. Um, you know, for the Packers, they're a good team. Remaining on the schedule, um, they do have to play the Vikings again. Uh, last game of the season, Week 17. That's obviously a must win. But you know, the other games, um, going to da- or uh, at home against Dallas and then in Oakland, um, they can win both of those games. I think fairly easily. Um, with this momentum, um, and then heading down to Arizona, that's going to be a tough, be one. tough game. So it really kind of comes down to their last two games of the year. I agree with and that. And if they can win both of those, they really do uh, still have a chance to be in it. Um, you know, 12-4, and four, probably good enough to win the division. Depends on how Minnesota wraps up their season. But uh, definitely a monumental win for, for the Packers here. Um, they got all the momentum heading into the last uh, four weeks of the season. I think it really could come down to that Week 17 game against the Vikings at Lambeau. Um, similar to the way kind of people thought the Giants and Eagles would come down to that division, uh, come down in that, you know, you know, excuse for a division this year. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, look, I think that the Packers would really like their chances in a home game, winner-take-all, Week 17, kind of flexed into Sunday Night Football type of scenario. Even though they haven't played well at Lambeau Field, 
and they've lost to the two other division opponents at at home, you know, Detroit and and Chicago on Thanksgiving night. Um, but look, I think that 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 win maybe masks some of the problems they have on offense. Um, you know, if it really wasn't for just kind of string to, string together a few plays, and look, I'm giving them credit. The Packers are among one of the best teams in the league, and consistently year in year year in and year out. But they they kept panning to Jordy Nelson. Matt, that team really, really misses Jordy Nelson so much so that I underestimated that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, he's such a such a key factor in their offense. And I mean, you look at it without that. If they lose that game last night, right? Mm, seven and five. Seven yeah. and five, and in their last six games, one and five. Right. No, it's, it's it's a completely different team. And you know, Eddie Lacy got benched last night. Four yards. They. They really struggle to run the ball because they're not really opening anything up in the pass game to make way for that run. Lacey's been struggling. James Starks looks exponentially better than Eddie Lacey, which right. is something surprising to say. But he can catch the ball out of the backfield, which Rodgers likes to do. And, you know, I think that losing Jordy was a huge, huge blow to the Packers' season. And I thought they would recover offensively in a better right, way right, than me they too. have. Absolutely. Um, you know, Devontae Adams has shown a little bit, but not that much. Um, and, you know, Cobb's there. But it's 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 tough when, you know, you lose your top threat because then in every game you play, their top corners are now going against your two and three guys. Absolutely, Matt. You know, you make a great you make a great point. Now Cobb is facing the number one corner every week. I thought Devontae Adams would have a great year. He's struggled. So and you look at guys like Ty Montgomery, Jared Aberderis, you know, younger guys who were very good receivers in college, and you know, Green Bay kind of expects a lot out of early, you know, and Jeff Janis, they they take time to develop, yeah. And so you know, it's it's a lot on their plate when you lose a guy like that who they just given a contract extension. And look, this should prove to people that Jordy Nelson's probably one of the top receivers in the game. I'd probably put him up there top ten. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that one hundred percent, Christian. So um, that was the Thursday night game. You know, a great finish. Just a, 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 a total, total barn burner of a finish. Yeah. What more can you ask for? This is why we do the show, why we love football. I'm, I'm loving this start to Week 13. I hope that the rest of the games on Sunday kind of uh, mimic this one. A lot of close ones, a lot of great finishes. Absolutely. And, you know, for Giants fans, they hope they are on the right side of this week's matchup with the New York Jets. The New York Giants are now 5-6, and six, following a brutal, abysmal, and pathetic 20-14 loss to the Washington Redskins last Sunday. New York was hampered by three interceptions from Eli Manning, two of which were tipped by his receivers on catchable passes. The defense allowed a deep touchdown to a familiar foe in Deshaun Jackson and essentially slept walk through the first 50 minutes of the game. Big Blue did score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. One came from Manning to Randall on a 4th and 16 play, and the other was a Manning to Beckham connection with Odell, making yet another spectacular catch that is becoming routine with the second-year pro. However, it was too little too late. Now, the Giants turn their attention to the Jets, a team they haven't lost to in the regular season since 1993. Defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo on the matchup. We'll mix it up. Um, I think there are going to be times when we're going to have to do that. Uh, and then we'll have to rely on DRC and Prince or whoever, whoever corners out there to, to cover it. And, you know, along with that, it's not always just the guy covering uh, the threat. It's also somebody getting the quarterback. The Giants will need to take care of the football much better than they did last week if they want to win and keep their hope of a division title alive. Also, receivers not named Odell Beckham Jr. must make plays in the passing game to help their cause. Beckham simply can't do it all by himself, even though he makes you think otherwise. On defense, forcing the Jets into third and long situations will force Ryan Fitzpatrick to make plays. 
Big Blue also needs to focus on creating turnovers, as Prince and BRC will be counted on to make that happen in the secondary. In the end, I think the Giants will respond well after last week's poor performance and pull out a close win, 27-24. With the Giants report, I'm Christian O'Hara, WFUV Sports. So that is uh, that's my Giants report there, Matt. I know you know you're the Jets beat reporter, and you have your own report as well. Let's take a listen to that. Why don't we? The New York Jets improved to six and five after playing their most complete game of the season, rolling over the Miami Dolphins, 38-20 at the Meadowlands. Gang Green limited mistakes while executing on offense, defense, and special teams en route to a much-needed division victory. Gangrene defense showed brilliance against a struggling Miami offense, allowing a franchise record 12 rushing yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for four touchdowns, including two to Brandon Marshall, while Chris Ivory cemented the win in the fourth quarter, breaking six tackles on the way to a 31-yard touchdown run. Brandon Marshall. What you saw today is our potential, what we're capable of doing. Uh, now the you know the mission is to do it every play every game and uh, we'll see what happens. The win puts the Jets in a good position for the hometown rivalry this weekend against the 5-6 and six Giants. Darrell Revis will miss his second game in a row due to a concussion as the secondary matches up against a pass-happy offense with one of the best receivers in the league in Odell Beckham Jr. The Giants offense has become the OBJ show as the wideout has five touchdowns and 481 yards on 56 targets in the last four games. Scrine and Crow will most likely pick up that matchup while the D-line hunts Eli Manning, who's coming off a three-interception performance in their loss to the Redskins. With five weeks remaining in the season, the importance of winning each game grows. Both New York teams need this victory to continue their playoff hopes, and this will make the rivalry that much more intense. I believe the Jets will figure out a way to win a close one, beating the G-Men for the first time since 1993. My prediction, Jets 27, Giants 23. Covering the... I'm Matthew Crow, WFUV Sports. All right, that's uh, Matt Crow's Jets report. And Crow, you're going to cover Odell. You know, you and you and Scrine have that. Scrine and Crow, is that what you meant? Yeah, that's Crow Island right there. Uh, <laughs> Crow Island. Listen, I mean, if it was you out there, I think they'd have a better shot of covering Odell. Quite <laughs> honest with you. Um, no, but you know, all kidding aside. Um, I think this is going to be a fun matchup. Yeah, I, I mean, really do. You heard our projections, right? Very close score. I predicted 27-24 Giants. You predicted 27-23 Jets. There you go. So, you know, both the winning team will score 27 is basically the moral of the story. Here. <laughs> um, look, I think the Giants get a boost. Um, you know, Flowers at left tackle. Pew should be back for this game at left guard. Richburg, I think, will play a bit uncertain at center. Um, an upgrade, obviously, over Dallas Reynolds. And then on the right side of the line, you, you, you figure Marshall Newhouse, you know, didn't play well, kind of hurt. Um, so you might have Bar Bobby Hart, excuse me, John Jerry in there at right guard because of Schwartz's injury. He's out for the year. And then Marshall Newhouse or, you know, Bobby Hart will will take that right tackle spot. So okay. the, the left side of the Giants offensive line is pretty much the side that I think has the most potential to protect Eli. The right side, you know, the Jets might bring some stuff from the right side. But look. The bottom line is whoever's out there needs to protect Eli Manning. When Eli struggles, he gets blitzed. He gets pressure thrown on him. And if Eli can sit there and pick you apart, I think the Jets have no chance on Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, I think that it's going to be a, a 
up to bowls in his blitzing right, packages. Agreed, agreed. When when the Jets have caused turnovers, it's when they're getting pressure on the quarterback, forcing throws that that shouldn't be there, and their corners go and make a play. Obviously, without Revis, it's going to be tough to cover OBJ. Extremely Agre- tough. Absolutely. And you know, I think that the 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 Jets need to pressure Eli, or else, like you said, he's going to pick them apart. And you bring up a good point, Matt. You know, anytime you lose your best corner on any team, it's going to hurt. So Cromartie slides over to cover. Odell Beckham Jr. and you know earlier in the year Cromartie didn't really give Odell you know props kind of saying something to the effect I'm paraphrasing here that maybe he's a one year wonder he has a long way to go I don't know about that yeah I don't know about that we'll find out on Sunday yeah uh, you know you better let your play do the talking uh, Crow otherwise you're going to be on you know the end of Odell's tenth touchdown in eleven games this year um, you know he, he's burned so many corners this year he's, he's a top five receiver in the game you know I have no qualms saying that he absolutely is um, the important thing for the Jets to realize is that the Giants target Odell obviously more than any other receiver, and Ruben Randall is the second target. I, I believe Odell has 120 targets, give or take. The next guy is Ruben Randall in the Giants with 60. It's it, it's it's unreal. How that's many, baffling. It's the Eli and Odell show. It's Eli a, just looks for Odell, and if he's open, maybe if he's not open, I throw it to him. Well, if you're the Jets, why why are you not doubling and I agree. tripling Look, him every I agree. play? I it, agree. Take away their biggest threat. Make Randall, make you know Hakeem Nix, make Miles White beat you, and make Will Ty beat you. If, if I'm Ty Balls and those guys beat me, Tip your cap. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, like you said, Matt, it's going to come down to the schemes for the Jets defensively. On the on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, if he doesn't turn the ball over, is a solid quarterback. Nothing more than a backup. Let's just, you know, call it how it is. But he's got two receivers in Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Both, you know, obviously Marshall's a lot better player than Decker, but Decker's a solid player. Yeah. The Giants defensively, you know, at least from my perspective, they'll put DRC on Marshall and Prince on Decker. Both of which or both of who, I should say, I think are capable of covering those two receivers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you saw last week, obviously Grimes on on Marshall. Obviously, right. he's, he's one of the better corners in the league, and Marshall yeah. even said that after the game. And for some reason, the Dolphins were doubling Decker. And they would throw up the ball to Marshall, and he would go make a play because he's got you know seven inches. And I think that he's a tough matchup. He's one of the ten best receivers right. in the league. We, we were talking about this earlier. Absolutely. And he's a tough matchup for anyone. Um, I think that if you bring in a second guy, help him out, um, bring a safety over on him. Uh, if you take him away, Decker might beat you on the short passes, but he's really the deep threat you have to worry about. And like you said, you know the the Giants secondary is pretty solid and should be able to you know contain right uh, those two receivers. I think. And, and and be able to make Fitzpatrick maybe make some throws that that he doesn't want to make. Agreed. Look, I think you know the key for the Giants is similar to the Jets. How do they get pressure on the quarterback? They're not a good team in terms of getting sacks and getting pressure on the quarterback. If Pierre Paul can show up, if Robert Ayers can show up, <clears throat> excuse me, you know guys like that, then it gives the Giants a little bit more chance to force turnovers, put the Jets into third and long and things, situations they don't want to be in. And so when you take those things into consideration, you know Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz a lot on third down. What combinations of blitzes will work? You know, bringing a safety, bringing an extra corner. You know, those are the type of you know chess match miss you know matchups uh, in the game that will decide the game. And look, honestly, this is a coach cliche. Whatever team doesn't turn the ball over and can capitalize on the other team's mistakes will win this ball game. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's gonna all come down to the turnover battle. I agree. On, on one end, you have Eli who can be great at moments, other, but also yeah. can have his moments Absolutely. where he throws three picks in a game Absolutely. like last week. And I think that that's really going to be the key. If Eli goes out and he's forced on his throws, uh, he throws picks, I think that you know, the, the Jets are probably going to take this game. And on the other end of the ball, if Fitzpatrick can kind of hold the ball, 
be able to kind of be that guy that Geno's not in terms of ball security, um, they're going to be able to have a chance to win this game, which they haven't in the past. And so I think that, like you said, you know, the Jets this year when they win the turnover battle have pretty much won every single game. Right, right. And they have a defense that can cause turnovers. So it kind of comes down to whether or not they do that or not. Agreed. The Giants going in, this is one of the sneaky stats that I don't know if people realize. You know, the Giants are 5-6. and six, Probably should be a lot better than they are record-wise. That's It's been well documented. They are among the top in the league in turnover differential. They were going into the Washington game, I believe, plus 12 or plus 13 in turnover differential, which I think at the time was second in the league. Now they're plus 9. Okay? So when you take that into—so they were plus 12 going in. Now they're plus 9. You take that into consideration— It'll, it'll come down to two things. Red zone efficiency. Can the Giants get in the end zone? You know, something that they've kind of been lacking here. You know, Josh Brown has been perfect on the air, but he's probably kicked too many field goals than even he would like. You know, Eli would want to get the ball in the end zone more. And then turnovers. You know, you can't have a turnover in the red zone like the Giants did in Washington um, last weekend. So, you know, another, you know, kind of game within the game type scenario that you got to look for, you got to watch out for. Um, Matt, how do you think Chris, Chris Ivory... Chris Ivory will run because I think the Giants should key in on him to be honest with you yeah I mean you know we haven't seen Chris Ivory at the level he was at to start the season and you know last week he had an incredible 31 yard run uh broke like six tackles and, and got it in the end zone um I think he had about 87 yards um going along with that touchdown and he finally kind of came out and and played the game that Jet fans know he can play and I think that you know if if the Jets want to be able to win this game, they have to be able to have Chris Ivory run the ball. Um, it's it's been very uh, very difficult in in recent weeks. Honestly, their line is not that great, and I think that it's been difficult right. for him to to find holes. And I think that through that, you know, the 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 Jets definitely need to run Chris Ivory, and the Giants do, like you said, need to key on key in on him. I I agree <sighs> with that, Matt. Um, you know, I think that. You know, a lot of the Jets' success is dependent on their offensive line. You know, much like any team. Um, but the thing with the Jets is they should be able to, in theory, you know, protect Fitzpatrick because the Giants' pass rush has been so ineffective through 12 weeks this year. Um, but if they can't get Ivory going, like you said, a lot of their success is dependent on how well he goes. Yeah. And so if they can't get him going, I'm, as, as a Giants fan and as a Giants beat reporter— I would rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick beat us and Chris Ivory beat us because you know what Ivory is about. If you stop Ivory, you make Fitzpatrick, who in my opinion is a very good backup quarterback, you know, has played, he's been a journeyman. That's more that's what he is. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a good player. But, you know, in, in a battle between Eli and Fitzpatrick, I'm going with Eli Manning. Yeah, and I mean what what Ivory does is he opens up holes. He he makes the defense commit to him, right. so that that opens up the pass for Agreed, Fitzpatrick right. and the wide receivers. So, like you said, you know, if they can lock down Ivory, Fitzpatrick's going to be in situations where he might not want to throw the ball, but has to. Absolutely, Matt. You know, it should be a hell of a matchup, a fun matchup. You know, hoping for a Giants blowout, but may hey, maybe a close <laughs> game, a close game at the Meadowlands on Sunday, kickoff at one p.m. I'm going with the Giants. Matt's going with the Jets. That's a little sneak preview into our favorite segment of the picks. But before that, we have our boy Tyler Freire here to give us some fantasy updates. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? 
plus start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, all right, all right. So Tyler is in here with us, and you know Tyler will get us the the latest fantasy news and updates in just a second here. Tyler coming in, strolling into the booth. How now. you guys doing? What's up, Tyler? Man, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing today? Good, bro. So look, listen. You've become our fantasy expert here at WFUV Sports here on the show. What do you have for us this week? I'm going to go through a little stardom sit em. Okay. I'm going to go through each position. I'm sure. going to start with the quarterback. And no surprise right here, I'm going with Cam Newton against the New Orleans Dab. Saints. Dab. <laughs> Dab. <laughs> yeah, he's actually has the second most fantasy points in the league behind Tom Brady. I know Crow Whoop. likes that. Oh, yeah. Brady. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I think in the divisional matchup in the, in the NFC South, it's a big game. They want to stay perfect. I'm definitely going to go ahead and start Cam. First Absolutely. Week. As for my sit em, it's going to be Matt Ryan. They, the Falcons started five and zero. Since then, they're one and five. I think they I think, are. Yeah, yeah, six and five. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he has sixteen touchdowns, twelve picks on the year. He's just been really inconsistent, and going against a Buccaneers team that has been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. They blew out Philly on the road. Uh, a couple other good wins under their belt. I just think Matt Ryan's a sit, and Buccaneers play well fantasy wise against quarterbacks. So yeah, definitely a sit for for Matt Ryan. For the running backs, I'm going to start Matt Forte against the San Francisco 49ers. It's a good start. San Fran has been struggling, to say the least, throughout the whole year. He's coming off an injury. Uh, Jeremy Langford was getting most of the carries uh, last week, but I think Forte will see a lot more action coming into this week. And going against San Fran's defense, who surrendered the six most fantasy points to running backs wow. in, the, in the league. So Matt Forte is definitely a start. As for my sit, is going to be Latavius Murray going against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Kansas City's playing well, you're right. Yeah, and actually Kansas City played their best defensive game against the Minnesota Vikings, who they held Adrian Peterson to five points in fantasy. Oh. And wow. AP's been dominating the league. Absolutely. So Kansas City's run defense has showed that they can be stout. So going against Kansas City, I'm going to, I got to sit Latavius Murray for sure. As for my running, as for my receivers, matter of fact, it's uh my start is Alshon Jeffries. I like against, it. I'm starting him this week. Yeah, going against San Fran. I'm. I keep saying it, but San Fran's not what they used to be. He scored a combined 11 fantasy points in the last two games. Uh, I just think it's it's a start for for Alshon. No, this week. I agree. Look, it's time. I, I drafted him with with the the impression that Marshall going to New York would free up Jeffrey. Jeffries had a kind of you know an unlucky year with injuries here. Um, but I do think it's time for Alshon to break out late in the season. Um, you know, he, he's definitely a worthy start this week against the suspect San Francisco defense. Oh, definitely. Um, as for my sit in the wide receivers, it's uh, Brandon Cooks going against Carolina's defense. Mm. Josh Norman has been the, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And uh, don't, going against Carolina, I just think they're on a mission this year. And New Orleans has been struggling. Drew Brees hasn't been the Drew, Drew Brees, Brees we're right. used to. So that alone, Brandon Cooks as probably their number one or two receiver right now, I, w- I would sit him. And Matt, yeah, just to kind of get you in here, Cooks really hasn't lived up to that promise oh, that we thought. Oh, I know. He's on my fantasy <laughs> team. I'm actually, I, I got an internal debate in my head, actually, after you said that between uh, Cooks and, and, and John Brown, who's on my bench. Ooh, I go with John Brown. Would you really? Yeah, yeah. listen, I mean, I know Fitz and Floyd kind of get the targets out there. Yeah. But John Brown is a sneaky touchdown player, you know, sneaky 60, 80-yard game. game. 
and uh, you know a touchdown with Carson. Look, I mean the the Cardinals have so many weapons. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, and, and and I mean that that's kind of that was my thought on drafting Cooks. I mean, who yeah. else do the Saints yeah, have no, down there for Brees that. to yeah. go to? But I, I mean, you're right. You know, in in, in recent weeks. You know, last week three point five points. That's not going to get it done, especially no, against no. the Panthers too. It's oh, going to yeah. be a tough, yeah. look, tough week for them. Like Very you said, true. Norman's going to be following him all over the field. Not, not a good matchup. No. Moving on to tight ends, Julius Thomas going against Tennessee. Not a good year statistically. About two hundred eighty yards, only three touchdowns on the year. That's what happens when you go to Jacksonville? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You no longer have Peyton Manning right, throwing right, the ball. Right. Right. Good so. Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, two touchdowns and a combined 26 fantasy points in the last two games. So I think he's going to get back on track against the Titans defense, who've been giving up a combined, or no, an average about 13 fantasy points to tight ends. So that alone, Julius Thomas will be, uh, Blake Bortles probably uh, his number one target going into this week. Absolutely. So I'll start him. Definitely, as if you have him on your bench, get him in there for sure. As for the sit, it's, uh, I had a little trouble picking who I'm going to sit for the uh, tight ends, but I'm going to go with Zach Ertz. He's coming off a concussion, and they're going against the New England Patriots, who are coming off their first loss of the year. Yeah. You know Bill oh. Belichick is getting that team ready to play. In Foxborough. In Foxborough. He's coming off an injury, like I just said. New England is the seventh-fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So they play really well against against tight ends. So that alone, Zach Ertz is a, a sit for me. This I think week. that's a good sit right I, there. I was going to say yeah. that that's a great sit. Uh, you know, Obviously, Tyler does his research. Jamie Collins back on that New England exactly. defense. That's a great yeah. sit. No, definitely. I, I would definitely keep him on your bench this yeah, week. Yeah, after four weeks of that mysterious illness. Right. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I didn't. Weird, yeah, man. I didn't know what happened to Jamie. I, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I never really. I'm sure that'll make it come out. Maybe then again, New England runs a type shit. Type tight <laughs> ship. Wow. Um. So, New England runs a tight ship. So, maybe not. Maybe that won't come out. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to defense now. In uh, the last part of my uh, stardom sit him segment. The Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland hasn't really know who their number one starter is, the quarterback. So giving up 17 fantasy points last week to the Rams in the upcoming matchup against the Browns should be a turnaround game for them. Especially against uh, Austin Davis. Oh, definitely. Well, they did look good. He threw that touchdown pass to Benjamin. Who knows? But, no, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah Cincinnati is going to look to get back on track this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. So definitely start them. As for their sit, I know this is a New York show, but I'm going <laughs> to sit the – the New York Jets against the Giants. Okay. Really? Christian oh, yeah. likes that. All right, all right. I'm listening. <laughs> My ears perked up. <laughs> no, because the Jets' defense is a respectable eighth in fantasy points uh-huh. in uh, the league right now. They didn't play well against the Dolphins fantasy-wise. Uh, they won the game, but it uh, wasn't too good fantasy-wise. And going against the Giants, you know this rivalry is heated, and it's just I, I don't have a good feeling about the Jets this week. I, so, so Tyler, you think Eli's not going to throw any picks? Not too many, at least? No, nah, he's going to control the game. I okay. think he'll have about two touchdowns, no picks. Definitely stick to the running game if I'm the Giants. Yeah. But, yeah, going against going against two New York teams, I'm going to sit the Jets defense. I mean, he knows, man. The goat Eli, man. He's in town. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that's the end of my stardom sitting, but I have a sleeper for you guys. Oh, let's hear it. All right. It's, um... It's not so much of a sleeper, so to speak, because he had a big, big game against the Patriots. But Ronnie Hillman, I mean, he's not. Ah, I like it. I like. He has on my team too. Yeah, yeah, he's not really owned. He's owned. I think it was like sixty-five percent of the leagues. Or something Real like that. owners own him. Exactly, <laughs> and especially, especially this week against the San Diego Chargers, who actually give up the most fantasy points to any running back in the league, uh, statistically, fantasy-wise. So Ronnie Hillman, not a lot of people own him. If you if you see him on your waiver wire, pick him up. 
Hey, I got one question for you. Yeah. Our fantasy expert. What do you think about C.J. Anderson? Done nothing all year, 27.3 yeah, last New week. I, I, I picked him up two weeks ago in both my leagues. Ooh. And I didn't I didn't start him last week, yeah. but I'm thinking about it this week. That's funny you said that because in not the league that we have for WFUV, but the league I have for NFL.com, I had him in the first couple weeks, and right away I dropped him. I made that decision. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, doing yeah. anything for he me. He wasn't doing anything. Had to get him out of my lineup. But now, like you said, 27 points, I think. I mean, he turned up week. last week. I mean, But you think they're going to him more now? Probably. That, I mean, they're going to get him more involved. Especially if, with, if he produces, with, with that's Brock, I guess they're going to run the ball Maybe. more. Look, I mean, I'm, another debate is, do they go back to Peyton? That's, I think you wait until, until Peyton's right. I mean, he's an older quarterback right. fighting a, a foot injury, patella yeah. tendon, like, I think I mean, it was. I, I think, um, yeah, I would go back to Peyton. But to answer your question, they're going to split Carries probably yeah. Hillman and C.J. Anderson. And the way C.J. Let's looked last week, they'll probably give him another shot with the majority of the carries. But I just I have a better, I have more faith in Hillman this yeah. week, definitely. Hey, going back to Peyton, if Peyton Manning comes to the head coaching, sta- or the head coach, coaching staff and he says, I'm 100%, I'm good to go, there's no chance that they don't start him. I agree. I and agree with that. I, I, it, it, it might not be the better decision. Right. But, but there's no chance if Peyton Manning comes to you and says I'm ready to go that you're not on premise. Start him. You think? Yeah. No, I agree with and that. And hey, he throw yeah. he throws two picks in the first half. Brock Osweiler is used to coming off. The agreed, bench. agreed. You pull him, and but that'll be an interesting yeah, you know situation going into there. the playoffs too. You want you want to keep Peyton fresh, if, right? If you want to make a playoff, right? Run, right. So, yeah, was, right. That's why I think they're gonna wait. Yeah, they'll, I, they'll wait. I think I think we're all on the same page here. Tyler, always great stuff. Thanks, guys. In the Thanks fantasy for, segment. Hey, Matt, let's me. get Tyler some hosting time here. I mean, you make a <laughs> schedule around here. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's go to the picks. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into some picks. The first game we're going to talk about, got to stay local, New York Jets at the New York Giants. I'm going with the New York football Giants, like I said, 27-24. The Giants run this city, baby. Hey, like I said in in, in my report, it's going to be a close one, going to be a great game. But uh, I, I believe, Christian, that the Jets are going to take this one in a close one. First win since 93, like I said. Jets. All right, Matt. Everybody <laughs> makes mistakes. <laughs> exactly. I'm going with Big Blue on this one. Like I said, I don't have faith in the Jets' defense, so going with Eli and Big Blue. All right, let's go. Uh, two on Big Blue. Matt and Rich in the back. Matt, who do you have? I'm going with the G-Men. They were disappointing a week ago, but huge game, huge buildup. I got to go Big Blue. Matt on the Giants and Rich. I believe Blue, so go Giants. Let's go. Four out of five on the Giants. All right. Next game we're going to go to. I think this is could have, it has the potential to be the game of the day. Seattle versus Minnesota. I'm going with the Seahawks on the road, guys. I'm, I'm going to go with the proven guys. Matt, who do you have? Christian, we're going against each other today, my <laughs> no man. No way. I'm going Minnesota. <laughs> All right. I think, All right. Uh, you know, I think that if Minnesota loses this game, they're back in a tie yeah. with uh, with the Packers. And I don't think they want that at all. They they want this division. They're going to come out flying at home. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Vikings. Minnesota's a great team, though. It, it's, a, it's a good pick. Tyler. I'm going with Crow. I, I have faith in the Vikings this year. They're, they're fighting for that division, and I think they really want it now. And no one expected them to be there. Right. I'm riding the AP train. I'm going with the Vikings. Absolutely. Guys, great picks. You know, I, I could see it going either way. Matt, who do you have in the back? Vikings have outperformed our ex- expectations this year, but Russell really impressed last week against the Steelers. He did. I'm going to go Seattle and a close one. All right, Seattle and a close one. Matt. Both know the Legion of Bloom can't contain L Day, so go Vikings. Ooh, yes, okay. Sir. All right, so three on the Vikings train. Woo, woo. <laughs> All right, Arizona 
and St. Louis. I'm going with the Cardinals, among one of the best teams in football, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw the Cardinals last week. They struggled mightily against San Fran. Um, they're, they're not going to come out and do that again against a subpar team. Right. They're going to come out flying. Cardinals. Cardinals. I think it's just they're on a mission. Don't Make it nice and easy, Matt. Cardinals, Rams. Absolutely. We're probably going clean sweep unless Rich throws a curveball, but I'm going Cardinals. No curveball. I'm going to go with Cardinals as well. All right. Clean sweep for the Cardinals. This game, I mean, it, it should be a laugher, but we'll pick it anyway. Philadelphia travels to Foxborough to take on the no longer undefeated Patriots, but still <laughs> among one of the best teams in the league. I'm going with New England. Tom is the GOAT. Who do you have? Hey, Matt. Pats are angry. Jamie Collins is back. We're looking good. We're, uh, we're, we're we're coming in strong. I'm going Pats all the way, baby. New England. Yeah, I'm going with New England. Uh, they're coming off a loss. Bill Belichick gets that team ready. I'm going with the Pats. I think Crow just got this one in there so he could talk about the Pats. I know he's bummed about that <laughs> loss, but obviously the Pats. Right. As much as I hate the Pats, I will admit that they're going to win. They're going to probably stomp all over the Eagles. All right, word. Hey, listen, I'm a fan of that any day of the week. Stomping all over the Eagles are the New England Patriots. And the last game of the day... Washington and Dallas. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Dallas. I'm gonna go with Dallas at home. Hey, uh, you you crossed it out. Yeah, look, I'm gonna go with Dallas at home. Matt Castle, Matt Crow. Who do you have? I mean, you saw Washington last week. Yeah. Look at Kirk Cousins oh, killing man. the game. Redskins all the way, baby. All right, go. I'm going with Redskins. Redskins. Redskins okay. Yeah. Matt, who do you have? Yeah. That, uh, I was almost going to pick Dallas, but I switched the other way okay. to go to Washington. I yeah. know the Giants played like crap right. last week, but Kirk Cousins has been pretty good this right. week. Right. You like that? Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I hate the Cowboys more than the Redskins, so I think Kirk Cousins is going to go off in Dallas and get R the W. Rich Sheen just using all types of logic here <laughs> on NFL Friday. Upset pick of the day. I am going with the Dallas Cowboys over the Washington Redskins on Monday night at home. Macro, who do you have? Hey. <laughs> so my Pats are no longer undefeated. That means no team can be undefeated. Oh, I'm going wow. Saints over Panthers. Woo! Woo! Drew Brees. Woo! <laughs> All right. Um, Tyler, who do you have? I'm going with the Texans go, uh, going to Buffalo. Definitely okay. going with the Texans. Nice. Texans pick. are on a roll. Matt, who do you have as your upset pick of the day? I am going the Oakland Raiders over the Kansas City Chiefs. Oakland at home. Okay. Oakland over the Chiefs for Matt. I'm going to have to go with the Cleveland Browns beating the Cincinnati wow. Bengals. <laughs> wow. That Austin Davis train getting hot with Rich Sheen on it. Let's go, Browns. And that does it here for a Week 13 edition of NFL Friday for Matt Crow and Tyler Freer, Matt Morrow and Rich Sheen behind the glass. I'm Christian O'Hara. See you next week, everyone. Yeah. This has been one-on-one's NFL Friday, only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.